Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, the post-game instant reaction for the game against West Virginia. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. I uh, hope you're hope you're well listening to this. It, <laughs> it was a little bit of a rough day at the Jones, but we're here to try to walk through it and try to pick apart what was good and what was not so good. Can I just, like, I just want to start off saying, you you played at least the first half, a game that you should have lost, right? I don't oh, think definitely. I don't think West Virginia was hands down the better team. Like, well, sorry. I don't think they were far and away the better team. If you looked at the first half stats and you saw a team that was up 35 to 10 at the half, like, oh my gosh, Texas Tech is a joke. They're getting blown out at home. We played that way, sure. That's not the whole story of the game. Um, I heard a lot of people on the way home in the post-game shows were so infuriated that we lost this game calling for Kingsbury to be fired. I was like, guys, this is not like the loss that we've typically seen. It was ugly in the first half, but surprise, surprise, you shut out another Big 12 offense, probably one of the other top offenses in the league, for an entire half again. It's two weeks in a row now. You've not let your opponent on offense. I have to make that distinction because there was an interception return for a touchdown today. You've not let the offense score in the second half of a game for two weeks in a row now. Oklahoma State and West Virginia, two of the best offenses in the the conference. If you look at like other two that you would think that would be up there would be Texas Tech and Oklahoma. So... But there's a lot to, to get into with this game, um, namely another disastrous start to a game. So you've lost two games because you had an insurmountable deficit after the first quarter. Um, you can't keep doing that, obviously. <laughs> uh, you can't spot a team a 25-point lead, even with a shutout in the second half and expect to win any or many games like no. as, as 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 impressive as you were in the second half offensively when it was clicking and defensively 25 points is a lot to try to overcome and you almost did it yeah but i, I mean that's three that's touchdowns credit. and a it's three, three touchdowns a field goal and a two point conversion that's that's a lot of <laughs> a lot of scoring to overcome that's I mean, credit to the guys for 
Virginia, what they did in the second half, I, I kind of want to touch on what you mentioned at the first. West Virginia did – perhaps our defense was just slow to get started or get going, but I, I'm kind of disagreeing there. I think in that first quarter especially, their offense looked really well. Uh, they just kept moving the ball. They were a machine. Very seldom even reached third down. When they did, they converted. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a lot of third and shorts. Yeah, well, and they kept running. Uh, you know, I was with, as I've talked about off and on, I was with three of my good friends down there, and and they kept pointing out they're running the same exact play, and they were. They were a guy would line up on the left side, and he'd run a slant. Greer would hit him, and then they'd run it again. You know, they'd fake a handoff. And then they'd hit a slant. They'd fake a handoff. They hit, they just kept doing it, and we just kept missing it. Um, you know, Greer was getting no pressure. He had a lot of time back there to uh, to make those throws. We were rushing three for the most part. Uh, the few times we would bring a couple of guys from, you know, a couple of the linebackers up, they would he would uh, dump it off and get rid of it. So uh, they looked they looked really well. <laughs> they looked like they knew what they were doing for sure in that first quarter offensively. And, and we had no way to stop it or weren't adjusting to them in any way. And um, now I was just surprised to see us get as close as we did to making this a ball game at the end, uh, especially losing our starting second string quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think that was where I was going to go next. I think the biggest headline or takeaway from this game is you lost another starting quarterback. Um, Alan Bowman left. I think I heard, I don't remember exactly what happened. I was on the field. I didn't even see the hit left in the second quarter before halftime at some point. Um, when it happened, I had, I thought it was, uh, Kingsbury's making a change because the offense, like just completely inept, um, until until that drive where Texas Tech scored the first and only touchdown in the first first half, um, Bowman had completed zero passes. I mean, he was like zero for five. And like Texas Tech had gone three and out a couple of times, had thrown an interception. They couldn't do anything. And they then they didn't cross midfield for a, until that touchdown drive. Yeah, and then that touchdown drive was three straight completions. Um, and that it was a three play drive. It was three big plays. Um, so I, I thought the change fr- when it happened, I thought it was a, uh, we're going to make a change on offense to see if we can get the offense going. I didn't know it was injury related. I heard a little bit later that reports were on the sideline that he couldn't like lift his arms for something. Yes. I was like, okay, well that sounds bad. Um, it wasn't until after the game I was walking. Uh, I was walking over to the the, the, the post game press conference, and another member of the Lubbock media had said, "You know, hey, I I haven't said this publicly, and I'm not, I don't know if I will, but what I'm hearing is that this injury may be season ending, um, that it could be a serious internal injury, um, and, and I don't really want to speculate, but it's just in the nature that he may not be able to return physically from this injury this season." Um, or if he, if it would, it would be so late into the season that there wouldn't be any point. You, you know what I mean? Yes, but that that hit actually happened right in front of us. Uh, we were my friend's family has good tickets about seven rows up from the uh, from the field, 
and we were on about the 20, 25 yard line on the north side, on the west side as well. So we saw that hit. He kind of got pancaked by two guys and immediately looked to be hurting. And then they, and the quarterbacks were warming up pretty much directly in front of us. And he was throwing after that. He was grimacing the whole time. He had his left hand reached around uh, to grab kind of his, his ribs. That's looked to be the issue there. Uh, he, he could throw the ball, but it hurt. You could tell he was in pain every time he was. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Trying to throw it or even just uh, attempting to move his arm. So we knew that right after that, we were about to see somebody. We couldn't tell if it was going to be Garrett or Duffy at, at first because... Garrett had his helmet on and seemed to be kind of ready to go. Duffy wasn't, uh, he didn't have his, his on just yet, but then eventually they started throwing the ball around a little bit and uh, Duffy would throw to Garrett and Garrett would throw to the coach who was standing by Duffy. So that's when you kind of go, okay, well, I guess Duffy's going to take the, the snaps coming, coming into this first offensive series. And that's what happened. But yeah, I, I feel for Bowman. He, he took some hard hits and, it looked like it's it's going to put him out for a good while. I mean, this this bye week may help. Playing on a Thursday may help. Uh, yeah, because over I, the next uh, what's I it, don't know three <laughs> weeks, you'll have one game, kind of in the middle right. of it. So right, you, you've got some time to get healthy. That was one of the things that uh, Kingsbury had touched on the post game press conference was the biggest thing going into this week was we need to, we need to, we need to get healthy. Um, he he mentioned specifically Bowman and Vasher. Uh, Vasher was warming up uh, before right, the game. We saw that too. He was, and you know, completely suited out. Had this one of those like massive offensive line, uh, like knee braces on under his jersey or his pants and his his, his socks and everything. Um, I think during the warmups, it was determined he wasn't going to play because he. I don't think he came back out in uniform. Um, and then, uh, and then throughout the rest of the game, you did see Dalen Ward uh, carry the ball a couple of times. Trey King got in the game, um, so getting all five of your running backs up and going again is going to be really helpful. Uh, if Bowman isn't as seriously injured as as we think he is, then maybe he'll be back. Although I would doubt it. Then you've got some time to get first team reps to to Jet Duffy and get him prepared. I will say though that when he came in, the game plan changed and it changed to his strengths, which is not something we've seen before. When Kingsbury puts in a new quarterback, it's just we're going to keep doing what we're doing, 
uh, regardless of the personnel. Duffy came in. There was a lot more called quarterback running. There were some options. There were some ill-advised throws, which Kingsbury in his press post-game press conference mentioned that he Kingsbury was going to take some some heat for that because he felt he had called plays that maybe Duffy didn't fully understand the concepts, uh, oh. and that and that that was. He needed to do a bit better job calling plays that the quarterback was comfortable and under fully more fully understood where everything was supposed to be going. So, okay, I, I hadn't seen the press conference. Were you there? Did yeah. you get to go this time? I yeah, uh, look I at got you. To go. <laughs> so, going into into Fort Worth in a week and a half against TCU, we I'm going to say we're going to be expecting probably to see Duffy roll out the starting quarterback being your third starting quarterback this season. I I think um, if this season doesn't go as well as everyone or anybody hopes, I think we can point to, well, you had to start at least three different quarterbacks this season. Yep. You lost QB one uh, a quarter or so into the game one. Your second string guys, a true freshman, played admirably in his first three starts, then gets injured in, in game four with, uh, or sorry, his, I guess it was his fifth game, his fourth start uh, with the injury in the second quarter. So these, the backups keep coming in without having any starting reps. Duffy did pretty well considering he did have, like I said, some of those just bad throws. He had um, an interception into what I saw on the replay was triple coverage. I think he was just... Yeah, it was. He was uh, putting a lot of confidence into his arm and his ability to make that throw. And not that he couldn't have made that throw, it just the defense closed in. I think all three of those guys had a shot at the interception. Um, and then the the other the pick six he had that just... That basically into the game nail in the coffin, yeah. Was a look looked like a screenplay out to the sideline. He had a defender between him and the receiver. Receiver was open, minus this guy, and it looked like Duffy was trying to it throw was Wesley. It. I think Wesley was wide open. Yeah, he was trying to throw it over this defender, and he just didn't get it high enough over him. The defender was able to catch the ball, regain his footing quickly enough. And then he he got upfield and scored, and that was like like you said, the nail in the coffin. Because up until then, you felt like, you know, your your offense was doing well enough. You had some of the momentum. You felt pretty confident that your offense was going to continue to move the ball and keep scoring. Your defense, like we've mentioned, was pitching another shutout. You had stopped them every drive of the second half thus far. You needed one more stop and score, uh, and you were on your way to do it, but you know, you had a really untimely turnover there. So. Yeah. And I, don't, I, I mean, it's fair to focus on Duffy's mistakes, but he, he did come in uh, and he was the leading rusher on the team today. Uh, he averaged 5.7 yards per carry, 15 carries for 86 yards. He really did a lot with his feet. He made a lot happen, uh, but had some costly mistakes to kind of bookend 
when he first started and one of his last series out there. So we were very close. It was kind of, uh, you hate to say typical tech, but it was one of those games where you're, you're just a couple of breaks away from coming away with a win or right. uh, and, at and least feeling a little bit better about it. But I, I was really impressed with how well this team did. They went in down 35 to 10, knowing they were going to get the ball back for sure, but still down 35 to 10 and then fought to the, it came down to the, one of the last plays of the game to seal it for sure for West Virginia. So that, that says something, it's more of a moral victory. I I get that, but uh, teams in years past would possibly have just, you know, they'd have come out and they might've lost 52 to 17 or something. So it definitely uh, looked like this was on its way to be just an absolutely right embarrassing game. I mean, in the first half, you couldn't stop their offense. You were down. I, I, I we've mentioned this already, but you were down twenty five points at the break. Uh, you were down. I mean, it was twenty eight to seven at the end of the first quarter. Not many teams are going to be able to come back from that kind of a, a, a deficit. You were very close to being one of the few. <laughs> Uh, right. With 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 the except, I mean, you had that chance, but that that you said the bookend of the interception there. I, I think one of the first drives for for Duffy was that interception because it was to basically in the half, in the first half. And it was, then, yeah. And then this one was the uh, like what like a minute or so left. Yeah. In the fourth, his, his so. first and last drive ended in interceptions. Well, it wasn't his last drive because they they did score after that. I thought. Because the game ended after Texas Tech scored, then kicked you're an right. onside kick out of bounds. So it was a sec- you're totally right. I'm sorry. Yeah, drive. yeah, you're right. They did. Anyways, um, so well, let's go back for a second and talk about the offense because Bowman was struggling a little bit. Kingsbury had mentioned this in the post game press conference, and he said there were, or he, he was answering a question about it. There were so many drops. He said that. Uh, the quote was something like, I don't think I've ever seen that many here before. The, I mean, when, when Bowman was able to get a pass off and was on target, it would hit the receivers and they would just drop it. It was yep. almost it a was comedy. Of, yeah, it was like everybody. It wasn't just like one person. And it, it was, was high. It was Wesley. It was, uh, I think Carter dropped a, a, a pretty big one. I mean, everybody was just dropping them out there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what else to say besides. I mean, I don't know what you do about that because we've talked about that previously. That, I mean, I guess you can run some like the jugs machine, catching t- the tennis balls. I don't know. It just almost seemed infectious today because they've probably dropped more passes today. Than I don't really even season, remember yeah. very many drops this year. Not not anything as blatant as this. Maybe some some balls that came in their vicinity that. Sure, you can argue that they should have caught, but they weren't just blatant drops. I don't remember very many of those this season. It feels like uh, we had more in this first quarter than we did in the first uh, the first four games. Yeah, and again, your offense was fairly effective against a defense that's always given you fits. I mean, you ended with 295 passing yards, which is a pretty a, a pedestrian day, I guess. You finished with almost 170 rushing yards. Uh, 
you just the the thing looking at the at the receiving yards previously to most of these games you've had like 10 or 12 receivers today's game you had five guys catch a pass right like you went to a very limited number of guys and it's it's all the guys that you would think of in your starting group Antoine Wesley except for Basher Antoine Wesley Jaden High Daquan Bowman who is I guess in place of, of Vasher uh, Keyshawn Carter and then Seth Collins technically caught one pass, but it was for minus seven yards on the stat sheet. And and to go back to the rushing game, that 168 yards we had rushing, 86 were from Jet Duffy. They they never really got the ball moving. Of course, you, when you're playing behind, you don't really have that luxury. But they kept trying to run the ball. Uh, in the first quarter when you were down 14 nothing, yeah, he, even 21 nothing. I mean, I, I can see it. I can see trying to establish it just because, my gosh, there's so much <laughs> there's so much of the game left to play. You've got to give it a shot and not pin it all on your quarterback. Yeah, so but he, they he finished, could not get it going. No, they couldn't. He finished the game with almost exactly half of the rushing yards yep. for the entire team. He finished with 15 of the team's 42 carries. He the next leading rusher behind him was Dalion Ward, six carries for 24 yards. Tajon Henry had right. eight carries for 20 yards. Trey King had two carries for 16 yards. Demarcus Felton eight carries for 12 yards. Yeah, they were they were able to do a lot to stop their running backs. Once Duffy came in, they I don't think they had it in their game plan to be able to stop a running quarterback as well. I don't think so either. I had mentioned this, I, it was, I think it was before we actually started recording, the game was so balanced. We had talked about this in the preview that my key to the game, which I, I talked to the guys at the, the West Virginia podcast, is I think it would come down to whoever won the turnover battle. And they tweeted out some team stats from the game right after uh, the game was over. Total yards, West Virginia had 489. Texas Tech had 463. Pass yards... 370 for West Virginia, 295 for Tech. Rush yards, 119 for West Virginia, 168 for Tech. Penalties were a little skewed. West Virginia had 12 for 115 yards. Texas Tech had 7 for 60. Tackles for loss, West Virginia had the advantage there, 9 to Texas Tech's 5. But the biggest thing is the turnovers. Yeah. West Virginia was plus 3, or Texas Tech was minus 3 on the turnover margin. You gave the ball up 3 times, and you didn't turn them over. I don't know how many games you're, I mean, you're, one, you're not going to win many games being negative in the turnover. You're not going to win any minus three. I don't, I can't remember the last time this team turned somebody over and it was a meaningful turnover, right? Like they, 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 they were changed the course of well, the game. I say that that there were two turnovers last week against Oklahoma state. One was kind of big. They just to be, uh, they seem to be too inconsistent to continue to play the way you are playing. Does yeah, that make sense? I could see what. Yeah, I think I see. I think I see where you're going. Last season, you were able to pretty regularly and consistently force turnovers throughout games. I think you averaged two or three a game, or two a game. You had some games where you were like Houston. You were plus five. I think you turned well. You forced like seven fumbles against TCU. 
you're not doing that this year and you're relying on your pressure and sure tackling to keep your defense in the games and they are you're just not getting the timely turnovers you were getting last season you were down like i said three to zero in the turnovers this game everything else being as even as it was without those three turnovers i think you handily win this game yeah i I don't know if i'd say handily but i i would think so i and i don't like to pin tip balls on the quarterback necessarily but that the pass that Bowman threw was definitely behind the receiver. I can't remember if it was high, uh, whoever it was, it was behind him, And so he reached back with his hand and tipped it. And then that caused the interception. So a lot of times those tip balls, you go, well, that shouldn't really be counted as an interception, but I think in this case it should, unfortunately. Uh, but to just kind of fall back on a complete tech fandom stance we just kind of feel like uh we just don't get any sort of stroke of luck there were a lot of tip passes that west virginia threw and, and we couldn't and, grab and well that or the receivers were coming down with it for like 30 yard completions like there was one like a lot of david sills receiving yards came on one plate it was a tipped pass that the ball was not even intended for him he caught the tip mm-hmm. and i think of it, of his like 48 receiving yards, which is a fantastic feat in and of itself. I think 26 of those came on one play. That was a pass that wasn't intended for him. Right. Now, luckily for you, as you know, in that situation, I think Texas Tech had forced West Virginia like a third and 29, and he picks up 25 or 26 yards on that play. So you still were able to get out of it even after giving up a big play. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just, I, I, I want to say that this loss feels different. This feels like I'm, I'm making justifications for a, a loss and, and, and trying to get some moral victory points here. This one feels different because you were so close because you were down by 25 points at the halftime and fought back and yeah. you were able to fight back. You nearly came back and and completed that you did it with your third string quarterback after losing your starting quarterback in the game again you did it against one of the best offensive offenses in the country definitely in the in the conference you shut them out for a complete half without them scoring i think if you had it, if you were able to pull this one off it would have been as much as the game last week was the turning point and Kingsbury's biggest win and career defining win as a head coach, this one would have been like part two of that. <laughs> and you'd be like, yeah. okay, so this team has a legit chance to take down anybody in the conference. And I don't think you, I still think you do. I think outside of Oklahoma and, and maybe not even then because we've seen really talented Oklahoma teams kind of devolve into a shootout with you and you've you've had your shot to win those games. I don't think this loss means that you aren't able to compete with the rest of the conference. You went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the conference. You lost by eight points. A game you could have won. So, Yeah, it was 
kind of like we mentioned on, uh, I think when we first fired up that first quarter, that's really what did us in. I don't think we're as bad as that first quarter says. And West Virginia is a good team. I don't want to give them too much credit to give us an excuse, but they did uh, play very well in that quarter and took care of the ball. And then, uh, you know, Tech figured out a way to slow them down, but it was it was too late. Yep. It, it just it was one of those games that you did feel – you felt like going into halftime that this is just going to be an obscene blowout like we talked about, but it wasn't. And so you kind of take that with a little bit of grain of salt and think, well, there's something to build on there. That That's an improvement. That's something we typically haven't seen in the last few years. Yeah. So like I said, you're, we're, we're starting to think about moral victory. Yeah. I think that it's okay to pull a moral victory or some points for that because there were some people that were, like I said, calling for Kingsbury to be fired. Like how, how long do we have to, do we have to endure with this? This is different though. Like I, I was one of those guys that were saying, I think we're done with, with Kingsbury. I may be able to be persuaded otherwise, depending how the season goes. Mm-hmm. Losses like this, while frustrating in the first half, you still showed significant progress that I wouldn't hold this one and say this was a typical tech and you, you lost this one because you were just completely outmatched. And it, no. it, it's, it's weird to say that and try to try to justify a game where you were down by 25 points. I understand. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I understand like you are hearing the mental gymnastics happen as I'm trying to put this into words to try to, to justify and defend this. But we we can hear your brain bumping around inside your skull. Yeah, it's not it's not pretty. It's not it's not coming across very well. Okay, so I I I sent out a call for uh for questions and everything right before we hit record. I think we should start going into some of those. Yeah, we have quite a few actually, especially considering short notice. Yeah, they just like started rolling in. It was like a an avalanche. All right, first off, it's from Guns Up Nation. With the exception of Ole Miss, Tech has hashtag finished the fourth quarter of every game this season thus far. Given fourth quarter finishes under Kingsbury in the past and the young playmakers this year, is finishing a mark of improvement for this Tech squad? If so, who is responsible? So, yeah, absolutely. Like, like I was mentioning this in our preview with this group, and I think it was also with Oklahoma State. The biggest improvement I have seen so far would be the 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 depth and the ability to to finish games, you're not fading late in games. You're not getting, not letting games get away from you. The Ole Miss game, you kind of held you 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 held around, not because. Um, sorry, what I'm trying to say is, yeah, you lost by 20 points there. You didn't give up and just get like completely blown out, and the game didn't get any worse as the game went on. You were down by 20 almost immediately. And then once you kind of got control of that, you kind of bounced around between a 10 and 17 point deficit. Whereas in previous years, I think it was fairly easy to see where a game where you get down like this, it just, it's, it snowballs, it spirals. You go down three, four touchdowns, whatever. 
the other team ends up coasting, coasting, uh, and and you're able to to close out those those games, but it doesn't. So what I'm trying to say is, you're not seeing that anymore. The games, even yeah. in your losses, you're fighting all the way to the end. You, you've seen f- this team put a lot of effort into the end of games. Lamar, take this you know with a grain of salt because it's FCS. There was a a shutout to maintain, and you did it. You didn't let them score, even when you were saying, "Okay, let's get some of our backups in." There was a point of pride there. Um, Houston, their majority of their points and offense came earlier in that game. You figured them out. You're seeing this pattern where, like, you're much better on defense the longer you're into the game. Like it takes you a little while to kind of get your feet underneath you, but then once you figure it out, you're just your defense is pretty dominating. Yeah, the same thing happened against Houston. Yeah, it, because it happened against Houston, happened against Ole Miss. Yeah, sorry, sorry, not Ole Miss. Happened against Houston, Lamar, Oklahoma State. It happened again today. You just need to find that domination point earlier in the game, like you did, like you did against Oklahoma State before they get before the game gets away from you. Oklahoma State, you were trading scores with them, then you figured it out, and then you just built built a big lead on them, right? Yep. Today, they built a big lead on you, you figured it out, and then you clawed back, but you were too far down. You need to figure this out much sooner. Yes. <laughs> please. So. Everybody, please. A little sooner than the start of the second, I mean, the second half. Yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, I agree. It's a mar- it's a mark of improvement for sure. Uh, as far as who's responsible, I believe Kingsbury has a lot to do with that. And I would say Wit has a lot to do with that. Yeah, just the strength, just the the physical ability to continue to play at a high level after forty eight minutes, or not forty eight, sixty. So that's that's been really impressive to see. No, we, we, um, (laughs) did you hear Adam? We we take ourselves far too seriously (laughs) to be laughing at our own jokes. We are a serious podcast, a serious sports news source. Yes. What I just did was not a laugh. It was a, it was a nervous guffaw. Next question. Red Raider reset, man. Was it targeting when Washington took out Bowman? I didn't see that. I'm not sure what he's referring I didn't see the hit, so I, I couldn't answer that without going back and watching. He said, I'm not a ref, but to me it looked like he launched into Bowman with the crown of his helmet, just my opinion. I, I guess I have to go back and look at it. I know the other targeting foul that was called was pretty obvious. Uh, it was it was upheld after a, a review. I did, Like I said, I was on the field at this point trying to do my, my responsibilities for work <laughs> and... Sorry, I did not laugh. That was not a joke. No, no. How dare you laugh? Too serious. Serious business. I I, I, I have to go back and look at it. Yeah, I've got a. We've got a couple questions from Brian. I wanted to read. Uh, one do, of them is: Do you think we'll ever see Dante Thompson using the passing game? Right. Every time I saw him come in, I got a little hopeful, and then of course I wasn't disappointed to see him block, which is great. Uh, he'd come in with a 
a fullback back there too, and then everybody's just blocking like crazy. Of course, we still couldn't run the ball today, but it was good to see. Uh, I hope so. I, I haven't looked up his stats, Brian, but I only remember him catching one for 11 yards, and I don't even remember which game it was. <laughs> but I'm sure he's had more than that. I remember uh, he had maybe a, not. He had a, a catch. I think it was last year in like a blowout, like a Sam Houston State type game. Yeah, I, I was correct. He has one reception for 11 yards this this season, and that was against Lamar. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would hope for that he would be used in that. Uh, if anything, because when I saw him come in, and if me, this noob guy who doesn't really know much about football, sees Thompson come in, he thinks, oh, well, we're going to run the ball because he's not going to go out for a pass. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. He he blocked and didn't run a route or anything. And that was just, of course, one play that I really noticed that. So I kind of hope he gets involved in the passing game because it it might be a telltale sign when he's out there that, oh, they're going to they're gonna try to run it. So <laughs> his reception today was career reception number two. He had oh, one. I guess they did. They hadn't updated it. I'm sorry. I didn't know he caught one today. Yeah, he he caught one against Lamar. Oh, career career number two. Yeah, yes. I got you. So he caught one against Lamar. Caught one, and then in 2017. Yep. Uh, he also asks. No, he doesn't ask anything else. Yeah, well, he did. He, not he in that, Brian in that asked. Tweet. He asked, "Do you feel that hashtag things have changed?" He yes, that as well. absolutely. It, they've changed. Now, again, I don't know what you have to do to figure it out sooner into the game, but this defense is not the same. Uh, it's not the same as it was last year. As good as it was, I think you're even better. You've got a chance to be even better. The problem is you just – it needs to happen from, like, snap one, not snap 45. Right. And some of it's got to be, I mean, some of it may just be physical ability. I don't know, but I know one of the touchdowns, I think when they got to 28 points West Virginia threw to the left and it was a big third down and they converted it because the defender on the left side and I, he was way far away from me. I couldn't tell for sure who it was. He was, uh, he played really far off of him and just let him catch the ball and, then tackled him. But then the very next play, his coverage was completely different. He played man on him. And of course he got burned playing man and the same receiver went for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So back to back kind of different philosophies there that, that uh, Adam and the other guys pointed out while we were watching just, all right. So you let him catch a, a third down conversion. And then all of a sudden you play man on first down and, Maybe that's why you don't play man because you're going to get beat. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I, I'm not. I'm not into the mind of of, of David Gibbs. No, I don't know if anyone is. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I'm home alone except for my dog, and she was going crazy with her leash. I not her leash, her collar. I had to take it off. That was. Oh, I get you. That was getting annoying to me. I'm sure everyone's like, "What the heck is going on over there?" I have a dog that likes to scratch. He has a really noisy collar. Red 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 Red
well, his comment was more like, reach out to your hundreds upon hundreds of listeners, which we do. Or it's I guess generous. We do. It's to please generous. park the hashtag Firecliff bandwagon. I think I've yeah. already kind of touched on that a little bit already. The loss today is not something that you can hang over. I, I don't think you can you can hang over Kingsbury and said, see, this is, he's not, he's not the coach for us. This, this, this loss does not reflect that. No, this is a, a game and previous years, even under Kingsbury, you would have lost by 30 or 40 points. The game, I think of specifically a couple of years ago, uh, where King or not Kingsbury, West Virginia came to town. I think they beat you 41 to seven, that they got a big lead. And then that was it. You were done. This year, they got a big lead. You fought back. You held them to an unbelievably low offensive output in an entire half. This, like I said, I think this is sign of improvement. This does not reflect a a need for him to be fired, unless you're trying to say he's not preparing the team, and you'd have to do a much better job of convincing me that convincing me of that because they were able to go and then execute after halftime adjustments, which we've complained about before. Like this team doesn't make mm-hmm. any adjustments. They're, they're not using the halftime to, to get better. Uh, we saw that was not the case today. Well, and today they changed, they had to change the offense and the defense because you have a different quarterback in there. Yeah. The, the, like I was saying earlier, the offense completely changed with uh, Jeff Duffy <laughs> coming in Excuse because, me. He ended up as your leading rusher. He had 15 carries on the day when Bowman wasn't a running quarterback before. No. Mm-mm. He he still threw um, some passes that maybe weren't, you know, totally up to his his skill level or his, his comfort with uh, the offense, and Kingsbury acknowledged that and said, well, I'm going to work on that. We're going to get better at that. We're going to call plays that better suit him. But I think that, that goes exactly to the point of, like, we will not force – Duffy to run our offense, we will pick what works for him and run our offense around that. Right. Whereas I, I think previously he's like, no, we're, we're going to run this play and we're going to, we're going to just no, use the quarterback. No matter and, who's back there. Yeah. No matter who's yeah. back there, we're, this is what we're going to do. Briggsy. Oh, yeah. Are you willing to donate a rib or two if, if Bowman is in need? Okay. So not that I don't, I wouldn't want Bowman to be healthy. If he was quarterback number three and the two guys in front of him were also injured, then I would consider it. I think Duffy may be serviceable enough for the majority of the games left on the schedule if he's the only quarterback left in terms of health that I'm okay rolling with Duffy and I'm going to keep my ribs. Sorry, Mr. Bowman. I, I, I know the, the rib or two. <laughs> it's the two. Like the river two kind of got me like, well, I mean, what if you get in there and you realize you need three? It just kind of, well, here's the thing. You've already already committed to two. What's a third? Well, men are already down a rib from women. I think we should be going to the women for, if we're going to be be pulling ribs, we should start with a woman. Oh man. Well, I, I, I guess you have a point there. They've got an extra one. So, We've got some time before our, our next game. Uh, we've got, what's that, 10 days until we, we go on the road to play TCU in Fort Worth. Some time, definitely, if Duffy's going to be your starting quarterback, to 
to get him more confident and comfortable running the offense. I think you really need to see if you can get guys like Vasher back. You need to make make sure that Dalian Ward and Trey King are ready to step into their their roles again. Not that Tajon Henry and Sir Roderick Thompson and Demarcus Felton haven't been good. You think you just need to keep continuing to build the depth that you do have and make sure that everybody's ready to go. You need to make sure, you know, you look at how do we not come out flat. It's interesting in the post game press conference, I've said it like ten times already. I'm I'm so sorry. The that question was posed to JD on high is like, did do you guys know pregame? Did did you feel that you were coming out flat? And he said his response was interesting to me. He said, Yeah, I I kind of felt in pregame that, that we weren't really all that into it. We weren't practicing with the intensity that I, I obviously that we, we probably needed. And I was like, well, how do you, how do you go and and fix that? Like, what do you do in your pregame warmups to make sure that you're not flat? How do you go into a game to start off really hot? I don't, again, I'm not a coach. I don't know how that happens. I don't know where to even point to because they they've already said well it's not the 11 a.m kickoffs that's the problem like we get up at the same time every day playing at 11 is no different because we practice at 11 so i don't know man but west virginia played at noon today they certainly did they got an hour on you yep about an hour into the game we started looking a lot better there you go that's it that's my theory (laughs) into that first quarter it was noon for us and texas tech woke up so let's push these games back to minimum noon. Well, if you if you continue to win games, I don't think you'll have to worry about that except for maybe the game against Kansas. Because if you're going right. to go play in Lawrence, it's almost guaranteed 11. Yeah, I think so. So is there anything else you want to touch on in terms of this game, this week, going into TCU? I, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of beat. This was... This was draining. I am too. <laughs> it was draining. Uh, this podcast was a little bit therapeutic to kind of talk through it a little and have some realm of hope. But I, I don't have a whole lot to add aside from uh, I hope that Bowman's not hurt too bad and that he's able to make a full recovery, even if he doesn't play this year. Because, man, to be a freshman and get pancake like that did not look very fun no not at all okay well thanks michael for coming on for doing another post game uh reaction we'll get ready for tcu going forward for michael i'm spencer thanks everybody for listening to the 23 personnel podcast